0: Support for this podcast comes from Troy University, dedicated to teaching a new generation to lead change. Information on leadership opportunities available to students from day one is at troy.edu slash lead change.
1: From Troy Public Radio, this is In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. One of the most beautiful, invasive plants across our coverage area is feathery white cogon grass. But it's deadly to farmland, forests, and the landscape. Our guests are from the Alabama Forestry Commission, Dana Stone, Director of the Forest Management Division, and Owen Andrews, cogon grass coordinator. Thankfully, they're here with help to landowners. Dana Stone, welcome back to Troy Public Radio. It is so good to have you here during Arbor Week. Thank you. It was, I'm glad to be here. And Owen Andrews, welcome to Troy Public Radio. Thank you so much. Dana, we're going to start out with you because you're director of the Forest Management Division of the Alabama Forestry Commission. There's a big concern about something called Kogan grass. What is it? It's
2: a non-native grass. That is originally from Asia, and it was brought here to the Port of Mobile back in the early 1900s. And it was brought in packaging material, and it has spread pretty much throughout most of the state. It's pretty invasive. It prohibits other vegetation from growing in its immediate area, and it can damage our forest ecosystem. If Kogan grass got
1: started in a landscape, what would it end up looking like?
2: After several years of it occupying a site, it would pretty much be a monoculture of Kogan grass. The rhizomes or the root system is so dense, it's like a mat, and it prevents other vegetation from establishing in that area. It can take over forest land, agriculture land, even in somebody's yard, residential property, and it will prevent other vegetation from growing. So it just looks like acres or a sea of grass. That's what it would look like.
1: Oh, and if landowners don't want their property to end up looking like a sea of tall grass, is there any help
0: available to them? Back in 2020, we got a grant from the APHIS with the Animal Plant Health and Service that through the USDA to treat coconut grass at no cost to the landowner.
1: So you're giving some hope to landowners who may have this in their landscape. Now, Dana, back to you. I have heard that some people think Kogan grass is so beautiful they're using it for ornamentals because it looks like grass with this feathery white top. Is there an effort to stop people from planting that in their landscape?
2: Yes, and you are correct. It is a very beautiful grass. Uh, It grows tall, it has the beautiful white flowers, but a lot of people may not know that it it can be pretty damaging to the site. And we have this particular program where we publish brochures, information sheets. We also work with the Alabama Department of Agriculture and they assist with education and outreach about Cogan grass. So we're trying to spread the word to landowners, citizens, about this grass and the importance of identifying it and hopefully controlling it.
0: Owen, does Cogan grass bloom year round? It doesn't. Where it blooms depends on where in the state. Well, say in the wire grass, southeast Alabama, when would it start blooming? It probably would start blooming late February, early March. Depends how warm the winter is.
1: Does it continue blooming through the summer?
0: Early August into October sometimes.
1: So, Owen, you have just put your Southeast Alabama listeners on notice. When this stuff blooms, what to look for. And as I understand it, you are administering a Cogan grass program that is at no cost to landowners
0: to wipe this stuff out. How does that work? All you need to do is go to our website, forestry.alabama.gov, and the link to the application will be on our homepage. Application are fairly easy. It will add you a little bit about the site and a good contact for you.
1: Here we are, Owen, in the latter part of February during Arbor Week.
0: How long do landowners have
1: to apply for this?
0: The application is going to be on our website to March 29th, that's the last Friday in March. I do know Georgia Forestry Commission does also have a Conegrass program. And some of the county in the Panhandle of Florida have programmed through the Longleaf Alliance.
1: You're talking about the Longleaf Alliance and the Panhandle. We do reach into that area. We do reach into southwest Georgia. I think both of you are putting your listeners on the alert that this beautiful grass is anything but beneficial to the landscape. And Dana, you mentioned it grows like a mat. Does this mean it can even affect tree growth?
2: Oh, absolutely. And we have seen examples in forested areas where cogon grass is so dense, tree seedlings are not able to establish in that area because of the thick rhizomes. So it completely affects forest land.
1: Does this have an
0: effect on the animals in that landscape, such as cattle farming? Cogon grass, there is not a single wildlife or domesticated animal that will actually eat it. During the Great Depression, we actually tried to plant it as cattle feed. We learned that cattle would not eat this.
1: Wow. So both of you are talking about this Kogan grass having an effect on plant life and animal life. Trees can't grow there.
0: What else do you want your listeners to know, either one of you? You want to burn your longleaf stand, that cogan hand- grass hang up. Some of the ways that it get spread, if you equipment, we want you to wash your equipment if possible, wash it off before you do any new work, and monitor that site where you wash it off for new coconut grass spots.
1: Owen, oh, that is fascinating because when Dana said that this stuff started in the early nineteen hundreds at the port of Mobile, I have been told by the Forestry Commission that automobiles can pick it up. And you see it on the roadsides. This is just spreading everywhere. So it's an alarming, invasive plant for the landscape. Thank you for telling everyone to wash off their equipment. And we all know that longleaf pine systems depend on burns to get the understory under control. Dana, is there anything else you want to add from your perspective directing the forest management program?
2: I would like for landowners... If they feel like they have Kogan grass on their property, that they can contact our local county office personnel and have someone to come out to identify, to verify that it is Kogan grass. And if so, we can give that landowner some information on how to manage it or, you know, hopefully eradicate it. And like Owen said, um, it can spread from the roots, the rhizomes, and from seed. So we want to try to control it and stop it from continuing to spread in our state. Okay,
1: Dana, as a forester, are you optimistic that we can control this invasive weed?
2: Yes, I believe we can control it, especially in some of the isolated areas in the mid and northern part of the state, because there are a few infestations in that part of the state. It's going to require a lot more work to control it in the southern part of the state, and that's southeast and southwest, where there are more infestations, larger infestations. It's going to take some work.
1: Well, I want to thank you both for joining us during Arbor Week, because obviously, as you both pointed out, this invasive weed, Kogan grass, can affect trees. Alabama is known for its urban forest and its
0: rural forests. Thank you for having us.
1: Thank you. Joining us were Owen Andrews, Cogan Grass Coordinator, and Dana Stone, Director of the Forest Management Division of the Alabama Forestry Commission. More information about help available to landowners through the Cogan Grass Mitigation Program is available at the forestry.alabama.gov website. Thanks for joining us today for In Focus, which is a podcast on NPR One or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is listener-supported Troy Public Radio.